Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another round of Master Phil in your corner. Here's your host, Master Phil. Uh, greetings, everyone. Master Phil here with Master Phil in your corner. And uh, we got, uh, you know, we got a lot going on today. Uh, we have uh, a repeat offender, my brother from another mother, sitting over here, Mr. Kyle Farrison. If you don't know who Kyle is, he's a uh, former corrections officer and a multiple-time IBJJF black belt champion. Uh, that's uh, the International Federation of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is it is the uh, you know the number one. Uh, organization for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, not to mention all the Nagas he's won and Grappler's Quest and all that kind of stuff, uh, Fight to Win and blah, blah, blah. But he has an academy in um, on the border of Airmont and Suffern, New York, and it's New York United Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, where he also has a nice wrestling club, very successful wrestling club uh, you know, in Rockland County, New York. So definitely give him a visit up there if you're in the area or you know, or just sign up. Oh, and oh, by the way, also I teach her once a week too. So true. Yeah. So right, we, have, we have some fun. We've got a great group. We just uh, had a tournament. Uh, you know, took uh, we were number one team in Rockland County, and then took third overall. Uh, you know, and and it prompted us to speak about today's subject, which we are going to get into. You know, it's about that winning mindset, that killer instinct, and so forth. You know, we did we did uh, you know bat around a few different titles here and you know one of them was uh, are you hard or are you soft but i think we might have been attracting the, the wrong crowd if we threw that out there but hey maybe maybe, uh, maybe it would have got a different crowd there would have uh, you know appealed to a different audience spread our wings a little bit but um you know th there was one thing i wanted to mention before we get into this and it, it's mm -hmm. just i know we like to bring up a little topical thing every every uh, week on the podcast but uh, look i'm no expert on this but you know i've been around for a while and i I do this thing called reading. Um, and oh, what's that? Uh, what I just listened to my huh? books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, it's this climate change thing. Okay. Um, look, the ch climate is going to change. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it was funny. I was watching, uh, there was, um, uh, something on YouTube where, uh, a, a representative down in Australia was pushing, this climate change agenda, you know, that, that would just significantly affect the economy, like it is doing right now here and other places, especially here. Um, and they were talking about the carbon footprint, carbon dioxide, da 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 da, da. And the scientist arguing with this woman representative says, um, well, do you know what percentage of our atmosphere is made up of carbon? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, does anybody know? I, I do. I couldn't now, tell you. And I, I verified what he said, and I'm like, holy cow. I could not believe it. Okay. Um, let's, you ready for this? 0.04%. So 0.04% of our atmosphere is this carbon. And, and look, I don't know the exact percentage of the emissions that we put forth there, but it seems like a pretty low percent, considering that, you know, uh, you look at how much um, – rat feces how many insects how much uh salmonella and so forth is permitted in our systems you know the, the things that we consume the, the percentage far far <laughs> outweighs 0.4 percent or you know four tenths of a percent so how much could that really affect you 
if you think about it. And then also, I, I must digress to one other thing. There was a thing that occurred from 950 to 1250 AD, okay, called the medieval warming period, right? It was much warmer than it is now, right? Um, you know, we didn't have cars then. <laughs> okay. yeah. I, I think these things is, you know, how, you know, do I deny that there is some type of climate shift? Yeah, there, there, I'm sure there's some merit to that. But how much exactly are we contributing to it? And what are we willing to give up to do it? I mean, should, should we focus on maybe adaptation and, and coming up with um, different methods instead of being force fed this, this go green in 30 seconds? And listen, I'm for clean environment. I mean, if you look at it right now, you see there's more shark attacks. We've had record number of shark attacks. Why? Because the seas are healthier. So we're doing things that are right, which I'm all for. Mm -hmm. But I think that it, it, you, you can't go change direction so quickly like this and not have uh, backlash is what we're experiencing right now, which I am, again, I am absolutely for renewable sources, different sources, uh, <clears throat> lower pollutants, so forth. But I think the way we're going about it is a thousand percent wrong. Well, I mean, you know, I think for me personally, you know, just how I was uh, raised in, in my family, uh, you know, if you want to take a look at the truth, you know, nature will tell you the truth. Yeah. Nature, nature will let you know uh, the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, if you follow nature and you see the things that are going on, as you alluded to with the shark attacks and things like that, uh, I think we can say without a shadow of a doubt that, you know, there are changes going on in, mm -hmm. in the environment. Um, you know, but that also doesn't mean that because there's changes, um, you know, we exploit people either because right. of that, yeah. you know, meaning gas prices and oh, we're getting, being crushed you know There's so every everybody i think we all can assume because we can look at the facts and say um you know from a nature standpoint uh we have seen a shift in you know migratory animals in the ocean right, right, right. so we can say without a shadow of a doubt that nature is letting us know that waters are becoming increasingly warmer mm -hmm. and that is all fine and well but that is not the ultimate green light to now start exploiting human nature in terms of elevated gas prices um and they're doing it all on fear too, fear and control. Sure, um, but you sure. know that, that that's for another one. I I, I just yes. wanted to bring that up because it's so sure. it's, we've been getting slammed lately, and mm -hmm. it's all we seem to hear about. And that you know the earth's going to end, and I think we've got seven years left or six years left now, according to uh, yeah, you know, occasional cortex. I've been hearing that though. I I'll yeah. never forget you know 1999 going into 2000 <laughs> yeah. Y2K, yeah. right? The shutdown. <sighs> Everything was going to go black and and uh, and close off. Um, but I do recall being in Westchester, and there was a uh, a blackout um, in Westchester around that time. I think it was around two, 2003. Um, oh, yeah, we had a big blackout. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, remember, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah, we were shut down for yep. like a while. Yep, I remember. Well, that was happening in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what I, you know what I did? At a, um, I was at a New Year's Eve party in 1999. So what I did right before, I went to the fuse panel at the house I was at, and I hit all, I hit all the breakers, and I shut everything down. Mm -hmm. So people, yeah. I freaked everyone out. It was sure, like, oh. yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I played a little joke on yeah. it. <laughs> but, what year is it? <laughs> was it from 1999 to 2000, the Y2K? Oh, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, well, I shut the power off in the house. Oh, when did it happen? I was, I was at... I was at a party as, as a joke. As a joke, yeah, man. Yeah. People freaked out. It was sure. hilarious. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, was never, I was never invited back. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it, was it wouldn't be the first or the last place. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so uh, before we get into our subject today, we do have to thank our sponsors. And uh, number one sponsor, of course, is philross.com. Uh, you have everything there from your, all your training needs from in person, video, 
we have uh, products there. We have the uh, Fit Team products. I have my hydration drink right here. It keeps me going throughout the day. Um, we have the Secrets of Kettlebell Training. Uh, there are uh, the eight basic kettlebell moves. We have 104 variations of them, over 100 variations of them. Uh, the Bodybell Method, uh, you know, we have the uh, world's only kettlebell bodyweight dynamic tension certification that's also recognized by ACE and NASM for continued education credits. And of course, the Master Fill in Your Corner podcast. Um, we also have products for training. We have the uh, kettlebell ISO chains and so forth. That's our Dragon Door products available from the site as well. Check out burnalong.com. Um, you know, I'm one of the featured instructor, instructors there, and there's over 2,000 other ones. And just got my wife registered, so you'll be able to see her uh, – uh, of her step and strength classes there as well. So she should be up there soon. Uh, probably this week we'll have uh, have her up there. So let's talk about let's talk about our subject today. You know, um, when you step onto the mat, when you go into the ring, the cage, or a playing field, or you're attacked in the street, do you have what it takes where does that go do you have what it takes to be successful do you have the proper mindset look when the guys go out on a mat i i tell them this is a, a attitude i always had you know what that's my mat that's my home sure that person's an unwelcome visitor sure okay i'm gonna take my form i'm gonna bang in the back of their head i'm gonna chop them hard when i tie mm -hmm. i'm gonna push them around i'm gonna foot sweep them whatever it takes uh, when I was doing stand-up, I try to put my foot right through the chest of that guy. First shot, that was what I envisioned. Sure. Now, where does that come from, and does everyone have it? Well, you know, I think for me, Phil, uh, now this is this has been my first year um, of being a school owner exclusively, um, you know, having left the sheriff's department. So this is really the first year that I got to see what it was to run a school uh, full-time mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, learn the ins and, ins and outs and things of that nature. And I think one of the <clears> biggest <throat> things that I've struggled with is uh, while I recognize that a very small percentage of people that that look up jujitsu or uh, sign up for jujitsu, a very small percentage of those people are actually going to step on the mat in a competitive scenario. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's one area. And I know how to tackle that so area. Let's, yeah. Let's expand on that because mm -hmm. you know, what, what, what makes one person want to get out there and test themselves and another person afraid to do it? You know, I think that all human beings have an innate fear of losing. And mm -hmm. I don't think that, uh, you know, people want to accept that, you know what, for this period of time, this person may be better than me because it's, it's a difficult thing to, to mm -hmm. come to terms with that. Right. And so what I've seen is, uh, you know, just probably every excuse that you have seen, um, you know, when you had your school, um, mm -hmm. you know, and every other school owner probably sees, you know, similarities across the board, uh, you know, but the fact is, is that, you know, even if folks do not want uh, the competitive part of jujitsu, uh, they will say, okay, well, you know what? I'm signing up for self-defense. And I always ask them, well, what do you think a true self-defense scenario is going to entail? Because unless you've been attacked and unless you know what it's like from a physiological standpoint, um, you know, you're never going to know. And that is why, you know, in my particular school, I'm speaking only of my school, you know, I teach jujitsu from a hardcore standpoint because whether or not you want to compete, in a tournament setting, whether or not you are a law enforcement officer, 
or whether or not you are there for the self-defense curriculum, whatever the case may be, should your name ever get called in either one of those venues, right? You had better know what you're doing, number one. Number two, you better, better have the right mindset while doing it, right? Number two, um, and, you know, you're going to have to learn how to deal, deal with fear, um, anxiety, uh, you know, vision change, mm -hmm. you know, because those things do happen. And so, you know, I've had several students, you know, come to me and, and visit the program that have a belt or uh, have learned in a different system. And the minute they get grabbed by one of my jujitsu students, you see a look of fear. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've asked them, I said, well, the value of what you've learned, if you cannot perform it in a high stress situation, how valuable is, is the skill set that you have? Because, you know, let's say, let's the folks that, that do striking, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've never done striking, so I can't, I'm, I'm speaking almost from an ignorant standpoint, mm -hmm. um, which, which I'm, okay, I'm okay with admitting, right? But how many times do you learn how to get punched? Right. Right. So you can learn the art of striking, but until you get punched back, you're never going to know. Yeah. It's, it, it's funny because I, you know, again, uh, I've always had a more realistic approach. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, um, this is why I don't have a, a lot of people certified in survival strong mm -hmm. because one of the contingencies is to be an instructor in this system, you have to either uh, done jujitsu, wrestling, kickboxing, mm -hmm. um, or been in some type of combat, whether you're a, a street cop in a tough area or, you know, you know, a soldier and you faced tunnel vision, you've been stressed, you've been in a situation where you could either die or have or sustain bodily harm yep. because then you know what it's like to put your behind on the line. And if you have not experienced tunnel vision, if you have not experienced, how about your legs and arms when they get so heavy and slow, right? Shaky. Are you shaky? And, yep. and, 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 and your heart is racing yep. and that, that you get that pounding in your head yep. and that, that goes on, right? If you experience that, how are you going to teach that? How are you going to how are you going to convey what is necessary for that person to survive this encounter sure. and be and walk away from it? Sure. You're not going to be able to do that. So, you know, the, you you brought up a thing called skill set. To me, that's 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 a non-skill set if they don't if, if they if they learn stuff that um, you can't apply, it's useless. Sure, hundred percent useless. Sure. So now, if someone has the proper mindset. Um, they're going to gravitate towards something that's more realistic. Okay, so what do we do with those people that, you know, maybe don't have that mindset? Can we can we develop that in them? So I, I can, again, I can speak for myself when I say this, and, and I'm open and I'm candid about these things. Mm -hmm. um, my approach is to be as realistic as I possibly can with my students. Mm -hmm. um, you know. There are certain terms that uh, are probably frowned upon uh, when you're speaking to uh, students or, or specifically women, right? But, you know, there's been times even in my own school where, and, and mind you, I have an excellent, excellent uh, female practitioner oh, yeah. in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu program. Mm -hmm. And the girls take a lot, and I mean a lot of pride in, in their training um, and their ability to perform um, just as well, if not better, as, as the guys. And we saw that this weekend. We saw oh. the pride and passion that the girls have. Now, with that being said, right, I've also sat the girls down in a group setting and said, anybody here been sexually assaulted? Now, right, in many schools, that may be frowned upon to say, 
but I'm painting the realistic picture for the girls to see, you know what, in the event that this happens, do not think it's going to be a pleasant experience. It's not. And I need to know that if I'm teaching you this skill set, I also need to know that you have the mindset to save your butt because it's not going to be pretty and there's not going to be a stop sign and there's not going to be a hold up. Give me a minute. It's not going to be like that. And so I'm very open and honest with all of my students in terms of the realistic approach that I'm trying to bring to the table for them so that they maximize their experience in the school. You know, it, it's funny. You also brought up something about a, a striking art mm -hmm. um, and that have you ever been punched? Uh, you know, I was interviewed years ago in the 90s and I said, you know what? You have to know what it's like to get hit. You have to take a shot. Yep. You have to get your nose broken. You have to get... You have to get knocked down. You have to get kicked, punched, thrown, whatever it is, yep. in order to be able. Hey, how am I going to recover from that? Sure. Like, you know, and and you brought up a very very important point. I know some people have heard this story before. And it's also in my book, Survival Strong. Is that I had a I had a student. She was about 110 pounds, five foot four, gorgeous girl. Mm -hmm. Was attacked by a guy over 300 pounds wielding a knife. Mm -hmm. She was she trained with me over four years. She could fight. She could fight. Mm -hmm. She put the guy in the hospital. Okay, He was wanted in for the rapes. Mm -hmm. She was going to be number five, but sure. she wasn't. Sure. Why? Because she trained in a realistic fashion and she pulled the trigger. Because you know what? In class, I didn't take it easy on her. Yep. She got punched in the face. She got kicked in the leg. She got thrown on the ground. Sure. And she was able to handle the situation. Sure. Uh, listen, you know, for, for me, you know, having, you know, worked for the sheriff's department for, you know, uh, almost 10 years and, you know, dealing with my own, uh, you know, off-duty incidents of being attacked, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I know what it feels like, you know, and I also know that the message that I'm conveying to my students is as important as my own experience of being attacked in an off-duty scenario. And, you know, I think every school owner probably, uh, you know, evaluates their student on the initial phone call. You know, what are you mm -hmm. signing up for? You know, things of that nature. You know, No, they don't. I learned, you know, I, I learned to ask those questions because, you know, what I have found now that I've been doing this for the whole year without uh, anything else going on and, and I'm doing this full time, a lot of the people that are signing up for jujitsu, uh, you'd be surprised with some of the stories and some of the reasons why they sign up. Some people have admitted to being assaulted. Yeah. Uh, some people have admitted to uh, abuse. Some people have admitted that they want to, uh, you know, compete. Uh, but whatever the case is, you know, I try to keep my message to my students consistent. Mm -hmm. And that is I can give you the tools and I can give you the moves and the transitions. But it's more important that I also develop your mindset to be able to pull those things off when mm -hmm. you need to do it the most. Yeah, it's, a, you know, I see a lot of times people have a, a, a fear of pulling the trigger. And you brought this up before about people have a fear of losing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's real. It's oh, a yeah, real yeah, fear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And what they'll do in times is hold back. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, you, you know, this will, you know, you, you have to find that balance between going wild, right. Yep. And just flopping around, trying too many different things and not doing anything. So you have to, you have to be pointed in your approach, but you can't hold back. Sure. And, 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 you know, we saw some people, that and I remember I said I go, she's got it. Yeah, she's yeah, got for it. Sure. Yeah, and sure. you could tell that one of our one of the students has what it takes to be a winner. Sure. And and Phil, I, I use this as an excuse as well. 
um, because I, I think everybody knows by now that, you know, I, I pretty much coach my team as a team. Oh, yeah. You know? I don't view it as just an academy or just a jujitsu program. You know, like there is a level of ownership and there's a level mm -hmm. of commitment uh, and accountability at the school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm appreciative that the students have bought into that and, uh, you know, they're on board with it. And I think that the results speak for themselves. Um, you know, but we had a we had a young lady commit uh, compete probably about six months ago mm -hmm. and uh, she didn't do well. And it had gotten back to me that she had felt that the tournament and the pressure that she experienced in the tournament was more than she was getting at the school. And so the very next class, I had to sit down with my entire students and I told the girls, I said, for her to say that to me ensures that you, you all have not fulfilled your duty in preparing your friend, your athlete, your teammate for that tournament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once the girls all took ownership in those words, yeah. the female practitioner program took off. Uh, I remember that day. Took off. I remember that. I remember that incident. And, you know, you, know, you have to do the same thing with defensive tactics. If you're just sitting there half going through the movement, oh, I don't, uh, don't want to hurt them. Don't want, no, you're not doing any good. You know, yeah, you don't want to purposely injure someone, but you, know, you have to be rough. Yeah, sure. You have, to, you have to put the lock on. You have to sweep that foot. You sure. got to take them to the mat, you know. If you don't do that, are you preparing them for the inevitable? Absolutely. I, <laughs> I mean, listen, absolutely. And, and I think, you know what, I think humility goes a long way too. Uh, you know, I, I distinctly remember there was a time uh, when I worked for the corrections division uh, where we had somebody that, uh, you know, was acting, know somebody was acting inappropriate. And, uh, you know, pepper spray was used and a lot of the less than lethal um you know, tools were used. And I remember the pepper spray was so dense that I almost handcuffed myself yeah, to another fun. officer yeah. because, because the, the uh, physiological responses that happened, including the pepper spray, you can't breathe, you can't mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. I almost handcuffed myself to another officer because I couldn't navigate what I was doing because yeah. of the situation. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, so that stress is real. All of those physiological things are real. Oh yeah. 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 We got a couple comments coming in here. Yeah. Megalo. Communication. Get yes. her done. That's <laughs> my boy. We got Mark. Let's go, Brandon. It's Brandon uh, Gibson over there. Um, okay, so Mark, uh, Mark Hoskins said, when you have Mark, Mark's a, okay. a longtime martial artist, yep, yep. and he said, when you have those real situations, teaching them, I've gotten flack saying it's too violent, or say it's savage teaching. Yeah, and. <laughs> okay, you know what? It's it, it, oh, what, what do you think the person's gonna do in the street? They're gonna mamby pamby in the street. They're gonna they're gonna pat you on the head. They're gonna you know rub your back. I mean, they're gonna try to smash. If you've ever been faced with someone who wants to smash your skull in, someone wants to take what you have, it's extremely violent. Sure, yeah. You know, tell them you know, uh, I, uh, you know, if people don't like it, there's the door. Sure. Okay. Is Mark is Mark listening? Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. So. And I'd like to touch on this, too, because you know what? Uh, I have heard some uh, things through the grapevine from the peanut gallery mm -hmm. about my teaching style mm -hmm. and my approach and my school. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is what I will say. Um, I take pride in my students and I take pride in, in how we do it. And I take pride in, in them learning it. Uh, but the most important thing is I take pride in their ability to accept uh, the gift that I'm giving and then be able to go do it themselves because you're not only giving somebody the gift of jujitsu, you're giving them the mindset that they're going to need in the event that they ever have to use it. Right. And in the training room 
for Mark, I don't think there's a way to 100% replicate what's going to happen in a true self-defense scenario. Um, but I will say this, having been a part of sports my entire life, how you practice is how you will do it when the time comes. Yep. Nobody is good enough to just turn the switch on and off whenever they want. Yep. That's why also that, that bearing that in mind, because you will fall back to your training, no matter what, Always. you will fall back to your training. Always. That's why when we do self-defense, you take the gun from somebody, yep. you take the knife from, guess what? Don't hand it back to your partner. Yeah. I put it on the floor. Mm -hmm. Why? There are documented instances where uh, someone who's trained removes the, the weapon and then they hand it back to them. Why? Because they're stressed. Yeah. You're not going to be in control. There's a thing I call it it, like IT, instinctive technique. Mm -hmm. You're going to just react 100%. as you have been trained. Yep. You're, you're going to have the people don't realize that, you know, when you're in these stressful situations, you don't have time to think. Zero. Zero. That's why it all happens in the training room. Whether whatever you do in competition, it, it, it's really funny because when you go and and uh, talking to a bunch of the, the students after mm -hmm. the competing, like, gosh, a lot of the stuff I could do in a room doesn't work in the real situation. Yeah, we heard that. <laughs> yeah, we heard. How that. many how many different scenarios and students did we speak to after the Fuji tournament? Yeah, that all said, wow, that was a completely different experience than the room, and it is. And guess what? If you get attacked in the street, that's going to be a completely different experience than the uh, jujitsu tournament. Right. And so really, I think what we have to, I think really what the, the big question is, Phil, truthfully, mm -hmm. getting to the core and to the truth of why exactly is somebody signing up for jujitsu? Yeah. Why? Well, I think that the thing is that this is a question I love that you pose because I used to pose that to my students. Oh, why are you here? Mm -hmm. Why do you want to train? You know, even when people come to me for personals, I'm like, well, what's your goal? Why are you coming to me? Mm -hmm. um, you have to know what your goal is. You have, to. you have to. Because you know what? If you just kind of meander about, then, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to achieve anything. Yes. Okay? So know what your goal is, and then, and then how are we going to achieve that goal? Yep. Okay? Um, and then how do we get that it factor? Not just the instinctive technique, but the it factor as far as, does someone have it? Does someone have that killer instinct? Does someone someone have that 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 hardcore? I mean, you could look at two different people, right? And, and if people come into your school, they could look exactly the same on paper. Sure. But one person has it and the other one doesn't. Why is that? You, you know, like I've thought about this, and you know what? I've actually spoken about it to uh, you know, a couple of people in in the, in the uh, recent days and weeks. Um, I actually believe, Phil, that every human being has that killer instinct. And the reason why I say that, and, and I know most people do not want to be in touch with this side, mm -hmm. um, but if you took two people that were starving and put them in a room with food, somebody's not eating, mm -hmm. somebody's not making it out because human nature is going to be preserving your own life. Right. And every single person has that innate animalistic response inside mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. It's our job, I believe, as coaches to touch on it and let that person feel a little bit of that animalistic side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the things that we uh, talk about in the mindset training with the you know, Z winning mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's, I know you love when we bring, bring it into the sure, yeah. school. Great because, program. Oh, Great program. Th oh, thank you. Great uh, program. Yeah. I'm glad to be part of it. It's awesome. Great. So we have, um, you know, we have these, there's, there's steps, that 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 go in succession here uh and and there's different 
um, training mechanisms and triggering mechanisms that are used to tap on that because every, like I said, everyone's different, you know, something that works for you yep. might not work for Connor yep. and you know, might not work for me. Who knows? And what works for me not, might not work for you guys, but everyone, I believe everyone does have it because as humans, we are designed to survive. Uh, yeah. You know, we're designed to survive. You know, there's a reason that we go on. There's a reason we get up every day. There's a reason that we, that we uh, work hard. And that's why, you know, someone laying around doing nothing, being aimless, that's when people get into trouble. Sure. That's when people, you know, do not achieve. And this is some of the things that we need to focus on, like how to bring that out in each person and, and to let them know that they do have it and they're capable of it. Because, I mean, there are girl, there, there are people like women, I got, like the girl, 120 pounds, 110 pounds, sorry, she's mm -hmm. 110 pounds. Defending herself successfully. Now you look at the two of them on paper, you say, oh my God, and he's got a knife. She's dead. Okay. But no, who wound up in the hospital? Well, Phil, <laughs> think about this. And, and, and again, this, this is a question, but it's also my greatest fear, which I would assume most people have the same fear. We all have a fear of dying, mm -hmm. every single person. And you will preserve your own life so that you don't have to face that fear, that great fear of death, and you will fight as hard as you can to preserve your own life. And mm -hmm. I think every human being has that in them. And like I said, it's our job as coaches to touch on it a little bit and make the, make the person, make the human feel like, you know what, it's okay to be in touch with that animalistic side. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but know that it's there. Know that in the event that you, you are attacked, right? Remember, preserving your life is paramount. It's number one. Paramount. Because you don't, if you don't preserve your life, you don't. It's have over. One. It's done. And now you are living your greatest fear, which right. is death. Right. So, yeah. I mean, this is you know, this is something that you, that as society, especially now with all this stuff like, like the toxic masculinity garbage and all this other inane things, trying to say, oh no, no, you shouldn't do this, you do, shouldn't do that. You know what? Well, do you think the criminal thinks that? Do you think the criminal is worried about being politically correct? Yeah, you know, they don't care. They're just going to take what you have, and you better be ready to defend yourself. Sure, and and you know what? I any one of my students, they've heard me say this fifty, maybe even a hundred times. Uh, you know, with our sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So we got a comment coming in here for yeah. Paula. Thank yeah, you, Paula, yeah. for watching. I'll touch back on what I was yeah. going to say. So you can post it. So yeah, Paul's up there about uh, yes, fight or flight. You know, um, the you know we also you also have to maybe defend your children or your loved one or someone else, a friend of yours. You don't know. Uh, you know the other thing is that you know there's fight or flight, but also I've always discussed this other one called freeze. And so many times people freeze, and and that's that's what happens. That's why they don't pull the trigger a lot of times because they freeze. Sure. They don't know how to handle the stressors. The only way to be able to handle those stressors is to put yourself in that situation. Sure. Like, look, and, and I'll tell you, look, I've had hundreds of, uh, combat situations. So of you, whether it's in the street or, uh, in a ring or on a mat or whatever it is. And you know what? The first few, first couple times out there is very nerve wracking. Sure. But you still get anxiety even if you're very seasoned. It's just that you handle it better. Agreed. The same physiological things are going to happen in your body. Your heart rate's going to go up. Adrenaline will spike. You know, 
uh, blood vessels will constrict. Sure. Okay. But you handle it better. So, you, you know, if you're not experiencing this in your training, then how are you going to know how you're going to react in a real situation? That's why you got to push. That's why the best thing that happened to those girls six months ago was being pushed. Sure. Was, you know, you had to push them. And I've seen our game go up since then. You can't take it easy on each other. Oh, she's my friend. Or you guys, he's my friend. You know, who cares? You know what? I've had friends. I've competed against them, right? Mouth bleeding, nose bleeding. And then after we hug each other. Sure. <laughs> Now, Phil, think about this because I'm gonna I'm gonna stay exactly in the same lane that you're in, but I'm just gonna shift just a half inch, right? So I have a significant amount of law enforcement officers that come to me for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, yeah. and uh, you know I think that's because you know obviously I own the school, but I did uh, you know the law enforcement, and so they entrust the fact that I know the changing of the laws and the, and I know the duty uh, rig and I know the gun and and I try to show those things to you know develop confidence with those guys, um, you know every single time you know. I, one of my officers comes in, I always ask him, you know, you still like in the program, you feel any different. And you know what? Somebody just told uh, another officer uh, who works for Suffern uh, Police Department, had the conversation with him yesterday. And I said, what do you feel is different? And you know what he said? He said, I feel like I have a plan now. So now when I pull someone over or I'm conducting an initial interview, um, I'm planning in my head all the ways that this could go wrong so that I do not have to use my gun or I do not have to use my taser. I'm positioning myself with my plan because jujitsu has taught me to have a plan always that now my people on the street are feeling more confident in their ability wow. to do the job without having to draw their weapon, uh, which we all know is the ultimate equalizer. Uh, however, you know, just the mere fact that my officers are reporting back to me that they now approach their job with a plan Mm -hmm. on their routine stops or on their initial contact with someone. They have a plan in place in the event that it gets physical in nature and they have more confidence because of their jujitsu experience. So, you know, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Now, they have a plan in place. Fail to plan, plan to fail. Always. Okay, so you've given them the tools. And you can have all the plans in the world, but if you don't have the tools, you don't have the means to implement it. But what jujitsu is doing for them it's equipping them with a set of tools which will make them refrain from going right to the gun or the taser quickly yep. and escalating a situation. Okay. If you have these skills to be able to use your hands properly, shift your weight, apply pressure, and so forth without drawing a weapon, without escalating the situation, how much better of a police officer are you? This is why, I mean, I think it should be mandatory. And I know they are starting to implement this, you know, as mandatory training. Sure. But I want to make sure these guys are getting the right training. Absolutely. Too. I mean, you know, and and again, like I, I do have the soft spot, you know, for for law enforcement because I did it for ten years, and although I'm not doing it anymore, you know, I still I still uh, feel, you know, that I have a responsibility to give my guys the best product I can in the event that they have to use it. I want to know that my people are able to come home to their wives and kids and, and family. So, you know, I take all of that stuff personally, all of it. Yeah. And it, it, I, I you can see in your product and uh, look, I'm, I'm there and I see it You're as there, well. Yep. And I, you know, I, I feel the same way too. I mean, I have uh, you know, people, my family are police officers were, you know, some are retired now. And then I have a lot of friends and, and I, uh, that's why also in the P3 training that we do, I'm part, I'm, I'm actually in that whole group. I'm the only non police officer instructor <laughs> you know, yeah, um, speaks volumes 
and I care about it. You know, I, I care about weapon retention. I care about these different things that mm -hmm. we're putting forth. I, I care that these guys have a skill set so that they don't feel compelled. Now, the thing is also now, this also goes back to that mindset, okay? Um, and you have to practice. This is the thing, uh, the, you know, the, you know the uh, book, A Book of Five Rings by uh, Miyato Musashi? Yep. Yeah, great book. If you never read it, it's, uh, you know, definitely go out and read it. I've read it several times. It's a very short book. But, um, you know, he was a, a swordsman, samurai swordsman in feudal Japan. And he had, you know, touted 60 victories. Um, and it's because he was so practiced that it took over, right? He had instinctive technique. Yep. It took over. He was never... In you know, it's not that he was in fear, but he always thought he would win because he was so well trained. Sure, this is what we need for our police officers, our competitors, our people who want to be successful. You got to be so well trained that you don't have to think and you have a plan. You have, and I would say this with, with the uh, students before they go on out. Okay, what do you do in this position? Have have something for each position that could come up. Yep. It may never come up, but at least you know in your mind what you're going to do. Sure. You have your plan of attack, and then you also have your plan for what if. There's always a what if, and you have oh. to have a plan. And, and, and the better your plan is, the more thought out your plan is. I mean, think about it, right? The Navy SEALs, you know, SEAL Team 6. Yeah. You think they planned on their helicopter uh, crashing? Nope. No, but they had to have a contingency plan because they were in Pakistan or Afghanistan, and this was your mission. Yep. And so somebody had to think really quick and say, all right, there's eight of us. We have a down helicopter. We still need to execute the plan and get out of here. Yep. Yeah. Hey, got to get her done. Now, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I, I don't know if you ever heard this, but if you listen to a, a pilot, especially the fighter pilots, mm -hmm. when something is going wrong in their, in their craft, their aircraft, they'll, they'll talk, okay, try this, okay, failed, okay, try this, boom. They have this list. I don't even know how long it is, but there are tons of different yeah. – uh, th their plans have backup plan, backup plan, backup, continuous backup plans, and they keep trying different things. And, you know, well, another thing we brought up is also, you know, cooler heads prevail. Yep. So having these cooler heads, but the only way you're going to get a cooler head – is why being prepared, having a plan. Um, and these are things that your mindset can develop. Uh, you know, again, some people have that like killer instinct right out of the gate. And some people you have to bring it out in them. Sure. Uh, but they can, they can develop it. I'm of the opinion that you can develop that. Yeah. You know? and, and, and again, like I said, you know, <clears throat> every single person that signs up for jujitsu has their own personal reason and whether or not they're apt to to actually tell you the real truth about why they're signing up right um that's also something that you know we may never know mm -hmm. um but it doesn't ever hurt to ask a new person mm -hmm. you know what is your true intent for wanting to learn this art and again whether or not we get the truth uh that's not the point the point is is that we started this relationship together right. and i asked you what you were here for and i promise you that i'm going to give you the best blueprint that i can to make sure that you get to your goal whatever it is yeah. that's great it's it's hey you know that's what that's what it's all about you know you have to you have to set these goals and then you have to put a plan in to achieve them yep. and a plan to implement sure um and that all develops your mindset because if you've put in the hours and you've drilled these techniques, you've been on the mat doing your live rolls, or if you're a kickboxer, you're in the in the ring getting kicked and punched and figuring out what works and doesn't work. 
Okay, you're out there competing because when you compete, you figure out what works and doesn't work. Sure. You know, uh, you know, we know hundreds of moves, yet use a handful. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe a handful. It's like this, right? Um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, this is this is the thing that we have to put forth. But again, more important than the technique is the mindset and the mindset's developed by hardcore training. So you have to ask yourself, you want to be hard or you want to be soft. You want to be soft. There's plenty of places that, that you can go to kind of, you know, walk through it and get your little rank and so forth and not be challenged. But you know what? Uh, How's that going to help you at at the end of the day? Well, I mean, this is, look at this great example. I believe, uh, believe last, uh, ADCC, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, you had Nikki Rodriguez, God bless him. Blue belt goes to ADCC and he's tapping out black belts. Mind you, he did wrestle at a very high level, right? But his pressure and his heat was able to advance him to, to the later, later rounds of ADCC. And that is because of his mindset and his pressure and his intensity and his will to win. Those things matter. You can wear somebody out with those things. Yes. Even if they have a better technical set than you, you can wear people out with heat and pressure. Yep, absolutely. And then you know what? All those fancy techniques you got go out the window. They're useless yeah. when you have to deal with someone's pressure. Yeah. And that comes from his mindset. Yep, 100%. Okay, that killer mindset. 100%. All right. That's excellent stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, guys, if you're in uh, Rockland or Bergen County, even Westchester, and you're interested in learning some real jujitsu, come down to Kyle's New York United yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, Phil, I, just, uh, I appreciate you uh, letting me finish up right here. Um, in the very beginning, you introduced me and, and the accolades, and you know what? I'm, I'm grateful for that, and, and I'm grateful that uh, you know you mentioned it. Um, but truthfully, at this point, you know what I saw this weekend for my students. You know, like I, I couldn't be more proud. Um, not because of the medals, and not because of the place that we came in. Um, none of those things. I'm more proud of the fact that we exemplified the mindset that we're talking about right now. Um, we lost some matches early on that we had to come back and avenge. And that takes a, a certain mindset to be able mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think I saw any one of the 10 students that came demonstrate a quit mentality mm-hmm. the entire day. Um, and that let me know that number one, the message is getting across, but more importantly, as long as you don't quit, you always have a chance to win. Yep. That is huge. And I saw that with my students. And if there's one thing that I'm proud of, um, yes, we had some beautiful submissions. Yes, we won some tough, hard-nosed matches. But the thing that stood out to me the most was our mindset that said, we're not going to quit. I don't care if there's three seconds on the clock. We're still going to bring the heat. And when you walk around with that mentality, you always, always, always have a chance. You know, and that's that's a very important thing to drive home. And again, this is something that we discussed after the tournament. But as a coach, you know, I mean, you have you have incredible accolades, but then also, you know, I know as being a coach, I really never my own stuff kind of goes to the wayside. But when your students show success, yep. when your sh- students demonstrate the proper mindset, there's no more proud moment. I would rather trade all the stuff I ever did. I'm sure you'd rather trade sure. all the stuff that you ever did to have your people be successful. And that's the most important thing. Sure. And when you see that, it's 
it's it's incredible and you know what it's it's a testament to you as a, as an instructor and a testament to you as a having a system that actually works sure. uh, and it develops more than than just medals and, and trophies and so forth it sure. develops people exceeding their own expectations getting them to do something that they didn't think they could do before and that's from the mindset and this will carry forward for the rest of their lives this leaves a lasting impression on them for a lifetime sure I actually, you know what? I actually just told uh, a good friend of mine the other day. I said, I said, you know, I said, there's nothing greater than knowing that the people that you're working with have received the gift that you're trying to give them. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Nope. Knowing that these folks walk in with zero training background, zero confidence, mm -hmm. fearful, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then you see these people slowly get it, slowly get it. And now all of a sudden, uh, being stuck inside control on bottom, you're not there anymore. And now you're on top. Right. Right. So, you know, as the instructor, this person actually received the gift that I tried to give them and wow. look at them, utilize it. That's, that's mind blowing. It's been mind blowing to sit in the school and watch the students transform, not just their jujitsu, but you can see them develop their persona around the jujitsu now. Yes. I had a young lady tell me the other day, and I don't mean to take up all the time no. here because it's your show, Phil. I had a young lady, uh, you know, tell me the other day that, uh, you know, she had been bullied at work for quite some time because they knew that she was a weakling. They knew that she would not stand up for herself. Hmm. And then after three weeks of jujitsu, she said that she went into her job and the bullying has subsided to the point where it's non-existing. And that is because she has walked around now with a different set of skills and a better uh, confidence about herself. And it's those stories right there. Even if this person never wins a gold medal, that's fine. But you changed your life and you changed your workplace environment because of the confidence that you have obtained through uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That's an amazing story. And there's so many like that, you know, these life-changing you know, phenomenons that occur from training in jujitsu or whatever else, but we're specific to jujitsu right now because this is what you sure, teach. Yeah. And it's it's an incredible transformation. Yeah. So guys, uh, great episode. And Kyle, you know, always great to have you appreciate in the studio. It. Been I too long. You but you know, uh, ready to take us out there. Yes. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Master Phil in your corner. We'll see you next time. Strength and honor. That was good. That was great. We killed that shit. <laughs> we killed that shit, bro.